When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey everyone, welcome to She Podcast. This is episode 401. I am your co-host Jessica Kupferman and with it as always, the very scantily clad Elsie Escobar oh today. My oh my god. <laughs> it looks like you're wearing a bathing suit kind of. That's I am not. It's the it's spaghetti straps. Tank. It's my she spaghetti. Has spaghetti straps tank. I'm dressed like something I don't think I've ever dressed like before. I I look sporty today, which is rare for oh. me. But it's because I'm wearing a muscle shirt that says no filter. And I just came back from the beach. So I'm tan. And I'm so tan, I'm still almost nowhere near tan as tan as Elsie Escobar, which is <laughs> what I'm used to. Because that's impossible at this point. <laughs> how are you? <laughs> I'm well. I like how we actually match. So for those of you, you who are curious, right. you can definitely watch us stream live on Facebook and on YouTube. To see that we're actually wearing the same color. You look you also look very refreshed, oh, says Patrick Keller. Which I wish is I, nice. Patrick, to... I wish I could just have you move here and put you in my pocket all day. You're just oh. delightful. I just adore him. Thank you for that. I do look refreshed. I hope so. It was not as refreshing of a vacation as I'd have liked because we drove down there in potential tornado and drove home mm. in terrible air quality and so in between there i got to sit on the beach like for a day and a half but yeah it was nice not to think about work for a little while i'm still not really thinking about it but i do like recording with elsie so i i can't say no to that it's my favorite part of the week so um she's taking a drink of some kind of sludge in a i know it's my it's my smoothie that looks kind of it's not a little a bit on the disgusting I think she goes outside and finds what's in the ground and then just shoves it in with like bananas and milk. And that's what she's got, a smoothie. It's like a smoothie. It's a dirt smoothie. I make my smoothies with water, truth be told. Hello, Facebook user. Let us know what your name is, Facebook user, because we are looking at your notes here on, not notes, your comments comments. on Mm -hmm. StreamYard. And And we can't see necessarily who it is on Facebook every time. But it's wonderful to see you guys. Or for you to see us, I guess. So thank you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so yes. So we are back from our hiatus. We've had, we, like we did episode 400 and then immediately stopped recording as if we had achieved some goal and we no longer needed to. Yeah. Yeah. It's Missy. Hi, Missy. How are you? Yay. So yeah. So we're back. We didn't go anywhere. We haven't quit. We just, I just needed, I just needed some time to not think about. She podcasts for a little bit. I probably still need a little bit of time for that. And actually, I found myself this weekend, like, so like the the vacation was great. But as soon as I got home, I found myself feeling that twang of I should be doing something for the event. You know, like I'm like, it's like if I have a five minute downtime, I immediately have a pang of panic that I'm not doing something. And then I'm like, oh, wait, no, I'm not supposed to be doing anything right now. I don't have to do anything. Oh, yeah, that's great. But I've I've really noticed how much it has affected my process of thinking around here, which is I can't do X, Y, and Z because I should be working. It's really interesting. 
Oh, Karen says she's been heard a few sessions in real time, and she's listening to a few since. That's wonderful. I hope you guys are enjoying the those of you who participated in the virtual event. I hope you're enjoying it. I have not put the recordings on sale yet. I just haven't had a chance, but I probably will soon. And I guess we could just get into like what we're doing next because it. Yeah, but I think I actually I would love to hear from you as to I know that you were just sharing like you're catching oh, up with all go? that stuff, but like. First of all, where have you been? So after you after you finished doing the thing, right? Mm-hmm. Where what happened? What happened right after you finished She Podcast Live? I think the moment I hit stop, I went upstairs to bed because it was like 8 p.m. and uh, or maybe 6:30 p.m. and then I that was a Thursday. Friday I woke up very late and then Saturday we did some shopping, and then Sunday I had to go to my husband's grandmother's 99th birthday party. Oh. If you've never been to a 99th birthday party, I can tell you it's not a ruckus, but it is. Really? <laughs> so it's surprising. Not, nobody's partying down, but they did have open bar, and, um, you know, for Bloody Mary's, it was nice. It was a brunch. It was very nice, and uh, it's amazing that anyone could live to be 99 and be fashionable and drive herself places and she does all those things Cynthia and actually she's an she was an art teacher so a lot of her art students were there and they showed some of her artwork and actually one of the um party favors were Lenny little mini framed versions of her paintings which I thought was really cool so yeah there's a lot of artistic uh, talent in, in his family oh Catherine says we went to a 99th barbecue yesterday it's so fun and meaningful it is it is I mean she stood up to do I hope nobody tells her she stood up to do a speech and I thought she started talking about all the stuff she remembered and not and I think I texted Elsie like I think we're gonna hear everything that's ever happened in her life now I, I, it was nice knowing you I'll see you in like a, a year because <laughs> you can't it's hard to sum up 99 years but no she didn't she was very humble and modest and lovely she's a lovely lady I've always loved his grandmother so that was good. And then we just went to the beach and I've been at the beach from uh, all last week, Monday through Friday. I got home Friday and then I've just been either hunkered up because of the air quality or at the pool. So you were affected by the air quality as well. Yeah, it was actually really bad right where I live. So I actually, in fact, let me tell you something, a story, it's like a little tale. This is how I know when it's hazy from now on, okay? Because Wednesday I was at the beach, there was no air quality problem. It was a perfectly blue sky, perfectly white clouds. You can see the great, the, you know, the contrast between the colors. And the next day, even though it was sunny, no sky, no colors, no blue, no clouds, no nothing. You can't see shit. You can see the sun, but it's like it's like almost like your glasses are blurry. And that's how I'm like, wow, the air. I mean, you can literally see it. That's the first time I've seen a difference, I think, because up here in Delaware, it's, you know, we go back and forth between having that haze. Like I can see blue over here, but I see a little haze over on in that window. Um, So it's getting better. But yeah, we're really affected by it up here in the tri-state area for some reason. And I, I think because it's near the ocean and the wind blows it right into the ocean. So it's like it passes through me, us. Like, I'm right. super, if you were in Pittsburgh, you would be having it too because it passes right through. It's like all through Pennsylvania and then Delaware, Maryland, and then whoosh out to sea. Cheryl said, I was in Denver last week with blue skies and we had those gray skies in Wisconsin. I was happy I missed it. Yeah, it's like kind of unnerving. And like because I was at the beach and we were – Lucky enough to be beachfront, like the day we woke up and it was like 150, 
there's like a level of air quality that's bad. And Scott says, you know, because he's asthmatic, ideally it should be under 50 for him to go outside. And it was like 150. And there's all these people on the beach. And it's so hard to explain to your kid, like, no, they just don't, you know, care about their, like, it's hard to explain why you are taking caution and no one else is. Mm. You know, like you could see kids playing and he's like, but everyone's playing on the beach. And I'm like, right, but they're blurry though because of smoke. <laughs> like you can, you know, like they, they may not have, yeah, they may not have a problem. As Karen saying, aren't you at bad risk for uh, weather today? We had a tornado. I, 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 again, I texted, I don't know why I always text Elsie during the terrible things, but like, again, I texted her last night and I was like, there is a confirmed tornado on the ground a mile from me. Yeah. Here's all my passwords. It was nice knowing you. Like, yeah. <laughs> never make this person a speaker. Okay, goodbye. Oh, my God. It was so weird because you literally said that to me and I kind of like, are you alive? Like after I saw because it was supposed know, to sorry. be the warning happened after a specific time. I And then mm-hmm. she didn't text me back till I was asleep. I was I like, know, I'm, I'm not I'm not even going to know if she's alive until I wake up in the because morning. I was people. trying to calm down Isaac, who was like shaking and like, we're going to die. We're going to die. Yeah, I hear. Wait, so was Isaac hearing the wind outside? Is that why he was shaking or was it because you told him i was putting him to bed and like an amber alert that's how have you ever had an amber alert come yeah. through on your phone it is lo- yeah this was three times as long and three times as loud and it scared the shit out of him yeah yeah he was yeah. like what's yeah, going on yeah. what's wrong what's wrong and i was like oh there's a tornado warning and then scott texted me should we go to the basement and so we all went downstairs to the family room to watch the news to see if we needed to go to the basement and that's why he was scared because oh, it sort of okay. jolted him out of his like daisy dreamy have a good night phase. So yeah, Patrick's saying uh, it was really bad here in St. Louis. Or my throat was sore just from going in and out. Yeah, I was nauseous the day that we ended up going shopping the day there was bad air quality at the beach. And just going in and out of the car was, it was nauseating. Mm. So yeah, as far as bad weather today, yeah, there's not a tornado warning anymore, thank God. But it does say severe weather and flooding. And I guess I just have to get used to it. Like I posted on Facebook, like I go down there with a tornado warning, something that we in Maryland don't experience often. You know, in Delaware, like, I mean, there was one here in April, but other than that, I don't remember ever having one. This is in Kansas. You know, so we go down there with a tornado warning and we come back with bad air quality. And I mean, like, I guess this is just our life now. I guess my life is just, I mean, I already checked the weather because I'm interested in it. But like, I guess now I have to really see, like, are any outdoor activities possible today, tomorrow, this weekend? Like, I've read that all summer we're going to be going in between tornadoes and haze, tornadoes and haze. That's a shitty summer. I don't want to be like all like catastrophic, but that's like really just what's going to be the l- life from now on. I know. That's what I'm saying. It's sad. Like I don't want it to. I mean, yeah. I so. really don't want it to be this way. And then, um, yeah, I mean, and so yeah, that's just our lives now. And then it's like, well, where can we move where the weather's not going to affect us? California. Oh, wait. That's where all the smog is coming from. <laughs> that's where it's all coming from. Oh, shit. That's not it. Yeah, it's just going to There's nowhere to hide from it now. No. Even like, I mean, here we had, we, weirdly enough, we went into town on Friday Mm -hmm. and while we were in town, we were there the whole day. So while we were in town, I got text messages from my electric company saying that we lost power. Mind you, we were in town, so it didn't really matter. Right. And I was thinking like, what, why? Right. Because it was actually a pretty decent day where we were. And was it raining up there or why? In Asheville. So wait, um, so we were driving okay. back and it said, oh, you got the power back. I was like, oh, okay, great, great. So we were driving back and then we pull in mm-hmm. and we have no power. It was like late. It was like quarter to eight. And then I had mm-hmm. just gotten another text message 
But for them, we lost power. But mind you, while we were driving up, Mm -hmm. trees were down, branches were everywhere, like leaves every, And we were just sitting going, what happened up here? <laughs> it's like, I know. It's like you went into another dimension and came back to your home. Like yes. it's weird when there's weather right not far from where you were. Isn't that weird? Yeah, it was crazy. So it was very, because trees fell down and they took the lines out from both directions. And mm. all over my yard, there were all these random leaves and branches. And so we were like, okay, something did happen up here. And that's why we don't have power. And it did come back like closer to, I think, 930 is when we got our power back. So we weren't, you know, without power for too long. So Cheryl says, Oh, he's saying he loves the June gloom. Cheryl's saying her husband's a farmer. So watching weather a few days out is his everyday life for me. I'm like, well, I'll see what's happening. So I'm like weather obsessed, regardless of if it's dramatic or not. I've just come to the like acceptance that I just love drama, all drama in general. I mean, like not toxic drama, but like if someone else's drama is interesting, I'm totally down to hear the whole thing without because I'm not involved and I don't care. And with weather, it's kind of like that. Like, I love that there's a thunderstorm or a hurricane somewhere because like I'm in my house. I should I should I should be fine. It's not going to affect me. So but I do like to watch a couple of days in advance. And when I was a kid, we had a screened in porch and my dad and I would sit out on the screened in porch and watch thunderstorms. And it felt like being in it because it was just screens you know, we were dry, but we were like in the thunderstorm. And that was pretty cool. So I do like a good thunderstorm. I don't like a the idea that a tornado is going to blow a tree through my front door, though, or like, you know, my windows. Yeah. But but yeah, for the most nice. part, I love weather. So I like to see when it's going to rain. I love when it snows, which didn't happen here at all this winter. Did you get snow at all? Me? Usually no, we, we, ha we yeah. got nothing like zero. Nothing. We might have gotten like a little frost a couple of days, but see, that's Patrick about the says, extent of it. He says, I feel guilty for loving storms and bad weather. Don't feel guilty. It's just the same as if you love drama. Don't you love when your friend is like, let me tell you about what my sister did, you know, or whatever. Like, I love that shit. I don't want to know about like political drama, but I do like knowing about personal drama and, you know, and helping solve personal drama for people. Like, I think I'm pretty good at that. So like, I enjoy hearing about and, and I feel like weather is like. People get very dramatic about weather. So I love what reading Facebook when there's weather. I love seeing what people are hoarding from the grocery store when there's weather. Like the drama, then people get all up in a tizzy. Like it's fascinating to me. I mean, you shouldn't feel guilty, Patrick. I think it just indicates that you're like, you know, you're interested in, for me, it's being interested in human behavior and how they react to like potential disaster. I just think it's interesting. Anyway. So it's funny how like you like, um, you're saying like you love the drama and I'm like, why are you not, more obsessed with reality TV then because it's like because that's not real oh yes it is no it's not oh my god you totally missed out on the entire Scandoval situation you literally re the like the what you didn't even so everybody who is into reality TV you knows what Scandoval Scandoval is and you missed out on it and it was probably it, like it usurped my life from March until a couple of weeks ago. I'm not, oh I'm like, I'm serious. How do you this know it's like, real though? I just know it that producers. Was it was absolutely 100% real. That's why everybody was so obsessed with it. And why everybody's jaw dropped on the floor is because it was so real. It How was. How do you spell it? Scandaval. S-C-A-N-D-O-V-A-L. V-A-L. 
It was through uh, Vanderpump Rules. Vanderpump Rules. Okay. The thing is, there was a cheating scandal that nobody really knew about. Okay. And it came out and literally like the actual cast members also didn't know about it either. Neither did the production team and everybody was blown away. And then it, it happened right when the season began. And so when the season began, what ended up happening is everybody that was obsessed with this started to watch every episode because they started to see it was kind of like like it unraveling. Remember, it was like, unraveling. you know, the end. So you huh? want to go see the story, right? Because you already know that you've already read the last page. So now you want to read the whole book kind of thing. Yeah. But even when mm-hmm. the season had already closed, when the drama came out, so they never re- and so they had to pick up cameras again and then start filming the last last episode mm. so it was it was really really like a lot and everyone was involved i mean every single person everywhere was talking about it nonstop every day for months at a time like wow. months at a time months at a time months I at mean, a time i and have it was, been involved in reality scandal in the past but this, these are older ones, like when Corey Feldman was on Celebrity, you know, I used to watch like Flava Flav and Brigitte Nelson yeah. get together. And like, um, I watched Honey Boo Boo. That was a big show for me. I liked watching Honey Boo Boo. I like watching, um, remember the one who my big fat boyfriend or husband or something where they tricked the guy, he's an actor and they trick him into marrying some girl. Do you know what oh I'm talking God. about? It was like my big fat husband or something like that. It was terrible. It was actually terrible because the poor guy was like trying to be accepted into this girl's family. She's paying him to it was a it was a disaster. And also there's one part of I forget the name of the show, um, 90 Day Fiance. There was a guy with no neck that was like, I don't know, somehow he had catfished a girl. My big fat husband, thank you. For on 90 Day Fiance, this guy, Big Ed. He like tricked this girl Rose into marrying him. She was like a very young thing from I think Thailand or something. And he goes to meet her and she doesn't like the way he looks. And it was a whole, I do get involved in some of the drama, but Vanderpump feels like Housewives feels very staged. The Kardashians are staged. I can't watch when it's staged. I start to be able to tell when it's staged. The other thing I hate about reality TV is how many times they tease the same moment before yeah. you get to see the moment, that drives me insane. If you're going to tease the moment, I- I've watched the show. Stop showing me the same shit. If that's all you've got for this 30 minutes, we're done here. Yeah. I want, like, you know, actual people, you know, having issues with each other. Oh, bad girls. Do you remember bad girls when they would get a bunch of juvenile delinquents together and set them loose in Vegas? I loved that. It was called Bad Girls, I think. I don't remember any of those. I just got sucked girls? into... I think because of 2020, you know, I was like sort of stuck at home. And then I yeah, ended up totally. watching oh, yeah, a right, lot of the of Bravo. What about like the real world? I used to watch the real world. I used to watch Road Rules or Road Trip, whatever the hell it was called. That was on after the real world. and MTV. I can't say that I'm not totally unsusceptible. I'm just saying like, I don't know. I like drama. Anyway, we've, I think we've covered this. I'll try and get into some more. But for the most part, they're too staged for me. I'd rather hear my friends bitch about their, you know, kids and their marriages and stuff. Because that's more, yeah. more interesting. No, plus, it's I, like, feel like I, I feel like those so problems I can fix. With We're that, fixed, with that but... one though, what ended up happening is like I'll put it in Friends talk, like as in like the movie, the the Friends, Friends the TV show. Yeah, it was as if um, Monica. So you found out 
you, you found out later on that Rachel was having an affair with Chandler no. for seven months and nobody knew. That's oh, what it was like. My God. Yeah, you're right. I would shit in my pants. And so then like everybody was like, no, no, because it was like the everybody's mouth was just open and no mm. one like this was like. And so then everybody was looking back at the stuff going, when did this happen? What happened to the thing? Like, mm-hmm. what? Then you have to go rewatch every moment to see what yes. you missed and what's suspicious. Yes. Totally. Yeah, yeah, and when, yeah, and yeah. then when the reunion awesome. came back, mind you, it was the biggest viewership for, I think, Peacock as a whole that they've ever had. One of those reunions that they did for Vanderpump Rules, like that beat out everything. Mm-hmm. Wow. Of the amount That's of people cool. who Good were watching this reunion. That said, it's been, I think one of the biggest learning things that I have, though, is just that I found this YouTube channel called Psychology in Seattle. Mm-hmm. And it's this longtime podcaster slash creator. Mm-hmm. And he has been doing it for 15 years. So again, mm-hmm. OG. And the reason I found him is because he was looking at the reunion and the last episode of Vanderpump Rules. And what he did, because his audience were asking him to cover it. So what mm-hmm. he does is he'll stop every, like almost every frame and every conversation they're having. And he psychoanalyzes everything and talks through it like a therapist would in a really like actual therapy type talk, not funny and, you right, know, that kind like- of stuff. And I learned so much. He would restate things and like say, like kind of go like, this is the type of behavior that X, Y, and Z does. And so the the people, you start to learn about human behavior. And I started to learn more Ooh, about the dude who cheated. I was like, that is really interesting because the dude is totally self-absorbed and all this kind of stuff. And all the things that everybody's calling him a narcissist and a you know, all that kind of stuff. But People love but to throw Dr. that word around. They don't know what yeah. it means, though. And so Dr. Kirk, is that's what he was saying. He was like, everybody throws his name out, but if I were to be doing a diagnosis, mind you, and he, you know, does all the disclosures and stuff, mm-hmm. he was just saying, this is what my, this is what I would have said about him. This is what mm-hmm. he's dealing with and all this mm-hmm. stuff. And I was like, ooh, it was so, I learned so that's much. Ri- now that I would watch. That's interesting. He did it like literally two to three minutes at a time. And he would do a 20 to 25 minute video on just like two to three minutes and really go deep into the conversation. So, and he would say like, I think that's real. I think those are real tears. I think, and then he would break down what the person said and he would know it. He goes, see how he's never saying I'm sorry or like how he's making it about himself this whole entire time and Mm -hmm. see how she's really, like you could see in her face and and the words that she's using that she's empathetic. Like he really called out so many things. And I was like, yeah. wow, that's great. Ooh. Please send me that link. I'd like to see that. Patrick says he's been watching the Johnny Carson channel on Pluto. I didn't even know there was a Johnny Carson channel. That sounds And what is Pluto? Is Pluto, Pluto a new is a, like? Yeah, it's like sling. It's like one of those like under oh. under wraps cable channels. Actually, I have been thinking about like making part of my career helping people with their drama. Like, I think I would be good at, I don't know how to explain it. I'm good at writing letters to people when you're angry about something in a way that sounds friendly. I mean, you know, I just have this skill of like, if somebody's being rude to you, 
I'm able to write back in a friendly but firm manner and set the person straight without hurting their feelings, that kind of thing. Like, I'm just good at like, in other words, if you suspect of your spouse of X, Y, and Z, or if you're unhappy with the way they keep the house clean, like I'm able to give you like a script that would work in allowing you guys to like get through this problem and still not get divorced kind of thing. I'm good at that for whatever reason. Because I'm a, you know, I'm a communications person. I also have to call you out and say, please do not respond to these people that have pissed you off. You don't have to do that, but you do do it. (laughs) I mean, this is correct. This job has made me much better at that because you're right. When we very first, when we very first were podcasting together, I was much more of a hothead and I wanted to say, you know, I wanted to say what was on my mind. And then as soon as this job became a business, I became much better at assessing strategizing, coming up with what to say, coming up with how to say it in a way that's, you know, effective, but doesn't leave you too vulnerable, but also sets boundaries, but also makes people feel okay about the situation. And I mean, that doesn't apply to everyone. You know how we helped Chris with PodFest a couple years ago, remember? And we were helping him respond to some accusations. And I'm just... I think, actually, I think you and I would be a good team to do that. We should start a business where we help people through public. Oh, it's too stressful for you, I guess. But it doesn't stress me out. Oh, my uh, God. It's the worst job that you could ever ask me to do. It is like what I want not to not do it, ever. Well, yeah, but it's not because I chose it. Well, because you know what well, I if mean? If it's someone else's drama, it's not that terrible. That's um, my whole yeah. point from the beginning of this mm-hmm. conversation. I do not like it. No, no. What if someone hires you and they're like, yeah, we accidentally said something that wasn't meant to be racist, but it was. No. You read the... Th- no, you don't have no, no interest in that. No, that is not a job I chose. It is not a job I want. Well, it- let me just put it out there right now into the universe. If this is happening to you, I will help you with it. I would like to try and help you with it and navigate those types of situations. If you're getting bad press or bad accusations or if someone's pissing you off, let me help you mediate it because I think I'd be good at it. I think crisis control is, crisis is a management. That's is right. a crisis PR is something that is imperative for a business. But I also yeah. feel that you need to be 100% invested in recognizing how language and situations are changing from minute to minute as to what things need to be said, how they need to be said, what's appropriate Mm -hmm. anymore, what's not appropriate anymore, how language is changing, how it's not. But I do, I do pay attention to all kinds of things. things Very much that. But everybody needs it. Everybody needs it for sure. Um, Okay, so so let's talk about what we're doing next. Everyone knows that we have an event coming up in January at PodFest and we will sell tickets to it, even though whoever had tickets to Washington, D.C. will also have tickets to that if they can come. That event is going to be a one day, maybe day and a half curated experience where instead of having breakout rooms, everyone will be having the same learning experience. Um, And I think it will be a series of panels. Again, people that we choose, there's not going to be any like speaker application. It will be like, I like one idea we floated, for example, is like the ladies of Libsyn and we'll have like Elsie and her coworkers and her ex-boss maybe talk about what it's like to be you know, female in a male-dominated industry, and also Lori, who was the CEO, and like ask her a couple questions, like things like that. Um, we also had some speakers that we couldn't have this time around that we were still working through, like the head of audio at CNN, things like that, like women who were like still in the process of like coming up with what they wanted to do when we pivoted. So I still have like a list of like 
interesting speakers that I'd like to see through for the next event. So that'll be in January. Cheryl says, the virtual event was amazing. Thank you. I can't imagine how hard it was to pivot that quickly. It was pretty hard. Harder than I thought it would be. I thought it would be like a piece of cake and it wasn't. But thank you for that. I'm glad it was amazing. I actually, the one thing I'll say about the virtual event that I never in a million years could have predicted is how much I would enjoy it because I actually got to see the sessions and I have never seen the sessions Mm -hmm. and I've never, you know, and because I moderated and Cheryl was like, I remember her saying in the last day, like, I'm so impressed that you and Elsie moderated this show yourself. It's called, it's called We Work for Free because we have no budget to hire someone else to do it. But I'm actually glad that worked That's out. That's hilarious. Elsie, I know. But same so with funny. you, though, right? Like, we finally got to see the speakers that we choose. And, like, I learned a lot. And they, I mean, I already knew they were brilliant. But, like, I learned a lot on every topic that I heard. And I got to see how audience react to them. I, we never get to see the sessions in person. So it was such a delight. To be able to, you know, to hear Rachel Cook deliver her sash or, I mean, there was a bunch that I saw. I just remember hers because she's, her mind works so fast that it's hard to keep up when she's teaching. Yeah. I have to say there are two women that I think, maybe three. I think that Tara McMullen also is one of the greatest thinkers of our time. Like she's just a thinking machine. I don't want to be like crazy, but like we don't talk about like Pluto and Aristotle type people. I mean, maybe Malcolm Gladwell is one of those people, I guess. But like, I think Tara is like one of the greatest thinkers of our time. And Rachel's an amazing strategist. And I'm trying to see who else I saw. The copyright lawyer, Merlin Jean-Louis. She was amazing. She's an amazing thinker, an amazing lawyer. Who did you see that you were like, wow, anyone? I loved most of the folks that were like on my feed. All together, they all taught, like I told you, it was the Copyright Alliance, I think, that were. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. That was on my thing. That's you know? mm-hmm. uh, Like, I loved that they chose us to speak to podcasters for the very first time. I think that it's something yes. that everybody needs to be paying attention to right now. Agreed. I think, personally, I really enjoyed watching Pam Covarrubias um, do mm-hmm. her session because she has a, a war, a whole... I wish I could have um, seen her. A whole entire teaching around Calladita culture, which is something that I thought, oh my God, what a brilliant name for it. Number one, I know that it's very specific because it's in Spanish, but yeah. it's something that is going to very much align with most people because of the way that she dissected it. And Calladita culture is sort of the way that I was raised too, which is when women uh, in, in Latin American countries, you are essentially raised to sit down, be quiet and look pretty. And so the Calladita, because it's like, Calladita, like be quiet. And so you kind of do that. And so she talked about it as this framework and, but she lays out these wonderful, actionable, thought provoking ways in which you are possibly in within that culture. And it's not specific to Latin or or Spanish speaking women. It is for everyone. So she just lays a friend where she tells you what the, the wording is and whatnot. But then you can actually, when you watch her session, you'll learn so much about yourself, regardless of what type of person you are. So it's not necessarily even women only, right? It's human centered and it's applicable to so much. So I really loved what she thought about it. I'm sorry that I missed that one. I really liked her. I saw, um, gosh, there were just, I saw Andrea Clunder and hers was amazing and about all about creativity and stuff. And like, 
I don't know, just the ones that you don't think are going to grab you, or at least for me, the ones that I didn't think would grab me, grabbed me. I thought that was pretty cool. But now they're all blurred. I think my whole thing. like who it was, but. It's like all of them. I just kept wanting to go, oh gosh, I wish I could watch them all because I got sucked in. Like like you said, Mm -hmm. it was one of those things where I was there just to be of support. And I thought, oh, I'm just going to have them on and I'm going to do my thing. And then I was literally just watching. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I was just watching the whole time. I was like, this is like kind of amazing. I love all of this. And there was something about, I'm not sure if I would have been the same if I wasn't running the room because there was an element of support that I mm-hmm. wanted to be there for them. Like if yeah, they needed yeah, anything, same. like I wanted to yeah. like same with me. I'm glad out, we did you know? it. Yeah. I would so, do that again. I would make sure I was moderating again. Cause I, yeah. you're right. I felt like, I, I feel like I had their back in a way that yep. someone I was paying may not be able to. Yep. So that, so that to me, it was really, and I think our folks, our own team members for she podcast are, uh, uh, I know. I was just going to say, I felt amazing. pure trust in all of them yeah. to have their backs as well as us. So the, yeah, yeah. Like Tiffany they did and so, Amanda and Alana. So much of their time and energy, because it does take a lot, you know, um, to be able to show up in this fashion and to navigate all of that. Yeah, it was very uh, fulfilling. I think I learned a lot. Um, I think too. I learned a lot as a, an attendee. I also learned a lot as a moderator and I learned a lot as just like having to deal with setting up the tech and putting the people up and then seeing the platforms behind the scenes there's I think that that's skill sets that we all as creators need to really know how to do in fact I was just thinking about this something I've always talked about forever is that my 10 year stint as a server at a restaurant was instrumental in giving me skills that I didn't even know I needed because there's so much that you have to do. At least when I was, I don't know about now, because I'm sure there's so much digitized. Is that what you say? Digitized. Holy shit. Digitized, I think. Digitized stuff, I'm sure. Computerized things. But (laughs) back then I had to, there's so much I had to do. I feel that running a virtual event and dealing with letting people in, managing chats, mm-hmm. um, turning things on and off, oh, like being able to get cameras on, being able to put people on stage like digitally, those are skills that help you understand so much because not only are you communicating, but also you are helping other people experience something Mm-hmm. outside of that and you see how they behave and you and so you learn you learn people's behaviors you you learn and you see what works what doesn't work mm-hmm. when people are okay when they're not okay when they engage when they don't engage like what they want to do how they don't want to do it and so you I do feel that every creator has to at some point step into the seat of a manager of an, a virtual event just to know what it's like mm-hmm. and then you'll you just get you learn so much about it yeah I know. It was really great. Honestly, it was positive enough for I would do another one again sooner than I, I think that I thought I would. Yeah. So that's cool. And Patrick, I agreed. I I mean, the physical labor that it takes, uh, it took, you know, at that time was also in terms of waiting tables. Um, he's saying mm-hmm. that it was a really hard in terms of physical labor. Yeah, it was. It was exhausting in in so many different ways and emotionally my brain, like so much of that experience. I actually wouldn't trade it. 
And mm-hmm. if I had to go get a job, I'd lean towards working at a restaurant again. If I had a restaurant close by that I was, but I would, I would choose a, a higher end restaurant, of course, because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. I, I don't, I want to get the bigger tips. Like, right. I'm not going to sit there at a small, like I'm right. not going to sit no there. No pizza at, place. So, no. Yeah. No breakfast, $10 yeah. or less meals, right. you know? But I, I think that I would do that in a heartbeat if I had to do it again, because it's, uh, I think I can kind of get a sense of, of what it would be like. Yeah. So I think you're right. Cool. Okay. So Patrick said, I've never worked so physically hard that when I waited tables, yeah, I same. Just, I've never been thinner. I was a size eight for the first time since I was 10 years old, I think, was when I was waiting tables. I was so skinny. Well, because he said in college, and it reminded me that in college, I worked at this Italian restaurant where the I had no air conditioning in the house I was living in that summer and no air conditioning in my car. And their uniform was with wool pants and a wool fucking button down long sleeve shirt. And I've never sweat. It was like a record 96 degree summer every day. I've never sweat so much in my life. I would sweat on the way there. I would sweat through work. I would sweat on the way home. I would get out of my clothes, get into a cold shower, not even dry off, and just lay down in front of my fan on a futon like this, just air dry. It only, and then you could see the steam like rising off me because, yes, I was staying in the attic of a house with no air conditioning. It was so fucking hot. I've never wow. been skinnier. It was good. That's yeah, harsh. You, the worst part of that, I think we've talked about this before, Elsie, is like, it's not the hard work, but it's like, it's like at night, when you're like, I never brought that lady her Diet Coke. Like, like, I don't oh know. Oh, my like God. It, yeah. Where you realize that you forgot something or. Yeah. It just it gives you like, this, I didn't yeah, like, put it in. Yeah. I didn't put it yeah. in right. I didn't tell them that it needed to be decaf. I didn't. Right. Or, you know, whatever. Right. Or you, you drift off to sleep going two salads, four breads, three waters, three waters, two breads, four salads, three waters, three waters. <laughs> you know, like that's how I would fall asleep. Every table had soup, salad, bread, and then their entree. And if you had five tables, that's a lot of shit to remember. That's a lot of shit to remember. God damn, it was good though. Anyway. Yeah. Yeah. So as far as what we're doing next, besides the event in January, we are planning on launching something in the fall that we're working on this summer. I don't know if I want to talk about it yet. I don't know if I want to like burst the bubble until it's I would totally say don't burst off it. the ground. Don't burst it. Just keep it close to the chest and then move on. Yeah. We are working on a fun project that we're going to launch in the fall that I think is going to be really exciting that I'm not telling anyone about. <laughs> so there's that. Uh, ta-da, there you go. And then, um, yes, so Elsie did put one, thank you for the Vanderpump playlist, you did put one article in here that I am, of course, fascinated by, again, because there's some drama. But it's all about how Hollywood is leaving podcasting to the podcasters, which, you know, (laughs) can we find the episode where we said at the beginning what a terrible idea this was? Because I here's the only reason why I know it was going to be a terrible idea because of the first podcast upfront when I went and Katie had Katie Couric come out and speak because we were supposed to be. Those podcasters were supposed to be selling podcast advertising to every advertising agency in New York. And Katie Kirk walked out there and was like, I just sit down and and do my show and then I leave. I don't know anything about podcasting at all. And I was like, way to sell it, Katie. And then I was like, (laughs) 
And I was like, then I was like, wait a minute, why are it was like Shaquille O'Neal and Adam Carolla and Katie Couric and all these people, and I was like, these people don't give a shit about podcasting. And the best part of podcasting right now is the way you can interact with the fans. These guys are never gonna do it. They will not make good podcasts. And I don't know if it's like 10 years later or what, but here we are. Meghan Markle, canceled. Obama's canceled. Who else is canceled? Um, canceled? Canceled, yes. Oh, you mean like they're... they're in 2020... What do you call it? They're... Ma- yeah, in 2020, yeah, yeah, Meghan yeah. and Harry signed yeah. a deal. Last week, the deal fizzled, and the leader of one of the biggest global talent agencies whose business is increasingly focused on audio said he wasn't surprised. Megan was not a great audio talent or any kind of talent, <laughs> said UTA CEO. And, you know, just because you're famous doesn't make you great at something. Well, that's right. But here you are giving millions of dollars. Of pe- I mean, okay, Joe Rogan, smart, smart gamble, right? Because he already had an, a successful audio show. Alex Cooper, smart gamble, worth the money. Whatever money they gave her, she was worth it. Giving a podcast to Megan or Michelle Obama? Why? Why? What makes you think their busy schedule is going to allow for coming in there and getting deep into discussion with people? I'm sure they had good intentions, but no way could they see that through, in my opinion. Yeah. Unfortunately, I think that there's a disconnect from particularly coming in as an actor into another medium like this one, right? Because I was thinking about that as an actor, when you are hired to be on a movie in a movie, most of the time, one of the the frustrations that I had as a film or TV or commercial type talent that I didn't really like is the fact that I was not used to being the prop. And that's how I felt when I was working on camera is that you as a talent are the prop. Like you are there to to say the words. You are there to stand where the director tells you. You are there to tell this, but you don't even know what it's going to look like afterwards. And you show up and you do your thing and then you leave. Whereas with podcasting, it's a lot more involved, especially if it's your thing. Like, I don't think that they realize that if somebody says, hey, you're going to have an interview show that you got to like prepare. Yeah. You have to know something about the guest, figure out what questions are going to be interesting. But I think that that's what they're starting to recognize that when you start to show up here, it's not in the same way that you would have let's say an Instagram sponsored post or an Instagram picture for your feed where it requires a lot more than you posing. And most people are not going to quickly react to that. There's a lot involved with the point of view. Like I know Alex Cooper with her show, she was actually editing the show for a long time. Like she started to, obviously she's let go of a lot of it, but Bottom line is, I'm sure she's getting help booking guests now, but the amount of homework that she does when somebody comes on her show for her own self is her own. She does it. She plans. She thinks about it. She she's the boss and tells the team, this is what I need from you in order for you to help me. But I don't think that these other people kind of even no, understand. They're not really journalists. I read that Howard Stern once said that the prep is the fa- his favorite part of the whole interview. Yeah, because he gets to because it's like gathering ammunition, kind. Of. I mean, he didn't say that, but he yeah, yeah, he, 
Yeah, but it's like, you know, you're gathering, you're, you know, you're learning the real story, which is his favorite part, is like learning stuff about them that either no one knows or no one's asked them about. And he loves that part. He does extensive prep, like week-long prep, which I think is, yeah. you know, the right, I mean, that's what you're supposed to do anyway. So anyway, yeah, so Hollywood is backing off. Next, we just have to get all the radio people to back off, too. There are some talented folks out there, too. I think that there are some people who really will take it that could make it theirs. And I think that if the mindset was there Mm -hmm. to think of podcasting as an opportunity to have those conversations, to say the things that are really important to you, that you, you really champion, you can start from there. It requires you to work, right? So this is something that you're going to have to be doing your movies. Like this is for celebrity people. You're going to be hired to do movies. You're going to be hired to be commercials. You're going to be on your TV show. You're going to be doing your press stuff. And you'll constantly have to be showing up to record your podcast. Constantly. So that's always going to be in the back of your brain. It's never going to not be a thing. So if you're not willing to let your psychologically to understand that it's going to be an ongoing process that you're constantly going to be engaging in and you need to make it, have it be happiness for you in some way, then don't do a podcast. (laughs) Yeah. Don't do it. Don't do it. Do not do it. Cause yeah. Thank you for the advice. It's very true. It's It's very good advice. Yep. And if anybody has any feedback for us, you can always email feedback at shepodcast.com and let us know if there's anything that you want to know, that you want to know something more deeper about stuff or. Mm-hmm. If you want me to solve your drama, oh my God. I'll do that. Personal drama is what I excel in. But if you have professional drama, I'll take that on as well. I have a friend who works in HR and I'm constantly like, tell me what they bitch about. Like yesterday I saw her at the pool and I was like, who's bitching? I need to know. And she was like, well, you know, and she tells me very roundabout, like we have a boss, but he keeps changing his mind on what he's doing and we can't get it. You know, it's like the boss at this company is like has an entrepreneurial spirit, therefore, whatever direction they decide to go in on a project, it has to have four other different opinions and six other approaches. And it just like makes everybody crazy. And I'm like, that's good. That's good. I love that. Oh my God. Uh. (laughs) It's annoying to hear about because everyone's been in that situation. In fact, I've been that boss. So like, I know that it's terrible to do that to people, but it's it's also hard when you can't make a decision. It's very hard. Anyway. Okay. Let's close it out. I guess. Um, thank you yep. guys so much for being here with us and listening. We love having you. We love when you watch. If you want to watch next time, it is almost always 1 p.m. every Monday. And we are on Facebook, LinkedIn, and YouTube when we record. If you want to see our show notes today and get the links, you can go to ShePodcast.com. You can also find us on Facebook, Twitter, Pinstagram, Pinterest. Instagram. <laughs> Pinterest, Instagram, and TikTok, all at ShePodcasts. Um, again, yes, send feedback to at ShePodcasts.com. And as always, thank you so much again. Love you. Mean it. Bye. Bye. <laughs>